Oh, Elizabeth. hey, what up? Yes, finally, we swap Hi. her for you. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Let's oh, get started. my goodness. Yeah, sure, sure. Can we talk about dogs with diarrhea keeping me up all night? Because, <laughs> my God, I'm ready to get rid of the dogs. Yeah, we can, we can do that. It's going to last for probably three or four months. And then, uh, <laughs> is it a boy or a girl? Boy. And then he will, uh, he will grow up a little bit and he'll stop shoosting terrible stuff all over your house. <laughs> I, I will tell you, I woke up one time and uh, Lexi, who is a girl, mm-hmm. had, I don't know which end it came out of, to be honest. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was all over the bed and all over me. All on your bed? <laughs> She sleeps oh, on disgusting. my pillow, bro. Like <laughs> this oh. dog is attached to me at the hip. Was it in your mouth? Wait, was not. It says mouth. recording. Am I actually on the podcast? No, no. That's oh, just a thank God. Whew, yeah, good. It's, not, it's not recording. Yeah, <laughs> no. Don't don't you worry. Don't worry. Oh, good. Well, no, I'm going to give don't you listen time. To the episode. Huh? You're putting this on the interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's going to happen. <laughs> Oh man. Well, no, we're doing good, but I, uh, I don't understand it, whether it's chicken or egg. Is he eating the grass because his stomach hurts? And so he wants to get it out or is he eating? Yeah. I don't know, but the, there's so much diarrhea. <laughs> just so much diarrhea. <laughs> it's a little bit of both on those, but, uh, <laughs> my dog just ate everything. Like he ate rocks oh. and sticks and bugs oh, and well, you named him wrong. plastic. Yeah. No, they'll just eat Rock everything I mean, until they figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, here's Tyler. Have a great day, Elizabeth. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Jumping bye. on. It's Monday, April 26th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going, gentlemen? It's going great. We just uh, awesome. just had a cameo from yeah. Tyler's wonderful wife. I think I'm going to leave that great. in the show right at the beginning. Yeah. Tyler said a word, but I think he was saying it to someone off screen. So I'm assuming that he's not talking to us. He's also making gestures and kind of looking up into the right. So unless he's working for dramatic effect, I don't know what's going on here. He Hello, Tyler. Was, wait, what? <laughs> we were talking about you. Yeah. No, Eliza, I needed to tell her something. She came in because she had a question and I realized she talked to you. and I didn't. Did you tell her you'll be cleaning up the diarrhea? Oh, I've cleaned up plenty of diarrhea. <laughs> All right. Lots of this diarrhea to clean up. In tech history. If y'all want to get right into it. Wait a second. Did you start the show? Yeah, it's already going, oh, dude. We're it. rolling. Yeah. Hi. Welcome. Welcome <laughs> to up? the show, Tyler. Yeah. Get well, actually, distracted. Before I, before I get into uh, this day in tech history, did y'all buy anything on the dip last week? Because it's gone. The dip's gone. The dip is no. not gone. It's mostly Bitcoin's gone. Bitcoin's not 64K yet. Dude, did you look back? Oh, all right. <laughs> it's mostly Boom. Gone. Boom. All right. Oh. I'm buying at 63K, baby. I'm waiting for us to get there. That's right. right. I bet weekly, dude. It's easy. Good, 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 good. Toss a little in every week. PCA, baby. April 25th, 1996. April 25th, 1996. How many years ago is that? It's like, what is that? 25 years ago? Is that right? Really? 25? Yeah, I think it's 25. Yahoo begins advertising its web-based search service on national television, featuring a tagline. That's exactly right. The ads first <laughs> aired during late night with David Letterman, Saturday Night Live, and Star Trek. This was a very early example of the internet entering into the mainstream. Do y'all have any memories of Yahoo? That was the first browser I ever remember using. I specifically remember my aunt showing me Yahoo at her office, and that was like my first experience. With that was internet. your first browser? I didn't even yeah, know. Yeah, I'm confused. Browser. No, not a browser. I, I, no, not a browser. Sorry, a browser. what did I say? Web page. Oh. Did I say browser? 
I, well, I thought page. you were serious for a moment because there was a browser I'd never heard of on the last no, show. No, no, no. Right? Like, yeah, bro, I live that every day of my life. Well, first of all, I'm never serious. Second of all, uh, I've worked out this morning, but I haven't eaten. So half of what <laughs> I say is probably just going to be the wrong word. You were so. looking a little swole this morning. No, uh, I mean, I do remember Yahoo. Obviously, that was one of their ads where they had the yodelers uh, screaming it from the hilltops or yodeling it from the hilltops. Is it still a scream if it's a yodel? I'm not sure. Um, but I think before Yahoo, I were, I'm pretty sure I used Dogpile first. But now yeah, I'm not bro. certain of the history. Dog and there was one before. Crawler. That was the I first remember, web page was, you remember going to? No, no, no. The earliest web pages were way before that stuff. But um, but the from a search engine perspective, since that's what Yahoo was, uh, yeah. the the search <laughs> engine side of it, I remember using Dogpile, and there was something before Dogpile that was terrible as well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um. Anyways, no. Uh, Yahoo was definitely not the the first or the earliest of web pages either. Um. There was some goofy goofy stuff before that, but. Well, that I, I was I mean, I, we, chronologically. I don't remember the history of websites that I visited. So yeah, well, and that's also. I mean, I just remember. I don't know. I just remember the first time on the internet. But that was just when they started advertising. This mm-hmm. day, twenty five years ago, or actually, it, yeah, yeah. It's ago. worth pointing. So it existed out before then as well. Of course, the, the way that this was said was like as if Yahoo has has withered away and died. It, I'm actually on it right now. It still exists. Does it still exists. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It is still a thing. Wait, well, but, was, but they just shuttered Yahoo Answers, right? So I remember that as a, an early. Well, I, mean, I mean, it became a running joke, basically. So I'm not surprised they finally closed the door on it. But Yahoo Answers, you have asked because it was hilarious. Because it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Yeah, that was that was the birth. I think Yahoo Answers was the birth of Am I Pregnante? It is. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. And that was easily one of the best ones from that entire era, in my opinion. But uh, oh, Yahoo Finance is still a dominant, uh, you know, oh, player yeah. in, the, in the web finance industry. In fact, I think Yahoo Finance is still sort of recognized as as a gold standard for at least search engine based finance stuff. Right. It knocks yeah. Google Finance and and Bing Finance if that's even a thing. Do y'all want to take a stab at their uh, yearly revenue or employees? Either one I of those. Current em- employees, three seventy five. Three hundred seventy five. Yep. Eighty six hundred. I was going to say right, something. I was okay. Okay. Wrong. If they have eighty six hundred, <laughs> then I'm going to yep. say that their revenue is three point seven billion. Okay, Tyler, give me a stab on the billion. It's in the billions. Six two. Five point one seven. Okay, I was awesome. closer. I thought they were out of business, <laughs> so y'all win. <laughs> Actually, I didn't think they were out of business. That's kind of a joke, but I, w- I would like to note that y'all just buried my freaking lead here. Whenever I said, y- "Why does Yahoo Answers matter?" Whenever you have asked Jeeves, and that was a funny oh. joke that no one laughed at. Oh, I didn't Wait. hear it. I didn't hear ask Jeeves. I didn't hear you say it at all. You sure that came out of your mouth? It I did. It. It I didn't hear it either. Ask Rewind the tape. Still a thing? Rewind what? the tape. Ask Jeeves, yes, that's awesome. I didn't know it was still around either. But Jeeves is gone. It's just ask.com. Oh, I do remember that change. That's probably when I stopped going to it. Did you guys ever, I don't know if, Wait, if everyone somebody, did this. Sorry, go ahead. But when I would search for something, just to say in the 90s in general, I would use like three or four different. Searches. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, me That's too. why I liked Dogpile so much because it was an aggregator. 
So instead of going to the four, you know, search engines, you go to Dogpile and it would give you results from like, you know, 20, yeah. uh, all of them still equally garbage, but, yeah, but they were all there. So, so at least your garbage was in a pile. <laughs> yeah, I had something in my mind. I don't know why I had this in my mind, but for a long time, probably before, you know, everyone switched to Google, I said to myself, if I had to choose one, it would be web crawler. Because web crawler crawls the web. I remember. There you go. That's saying in my head. All right. Let's get to modern day. Let's uh, fast forward to 2021. What y'all got? Any any stories? Any fun things out there? I do. I have a story. I tweeted on the Twitter. I didn't actually tweet the story. I tweeted the teaser of the story on the Twitter. Uh-oh. Um, I don't know if I can actually I'm say excited. it, because I think Uh-oh. Tim Davis liked it. And so I don't know if that the interaction prevents me from being able to talk on the podcast about it. Might, or I'm not yeah, sure because how the, Tim probably brings that stuff up on his podcast and that kind of yeah. wait a second. Tim doesn't have a podcast. No, he he just joins ours when I'm not here. He does. He has a podcast. He, he's I think he's he's done at least one episode. I listened to the first one. That, is he, sure. It's not a one episode does not a podcast make. I'm sorry. Okay. I, well, I agree. Sorry for full Yoda. All right, let's get to it. What's the story, Russ? So I think I've talked about my mother's and and just my my parents sort of, I don't know, their ineptitude when it comes to technology in general. Like I think one time I even, I described uh, an interaction that my stepdad and the (laughs) home designer we worked with were talking about their two phones. He had an Android and she had an iPhone and they had a 30-minute conversation about how great that their same identical phone was and neither one of them realized it. What? it a, you don't remember <laughs> what? that? Oh, yeah. Just a, a brief recount of that one. I guess my stepdad had the, like, I don't know, Note 9, and then there was the, I don't know, the iPhone 9 or something like that. I don't know, that they both had. But when Keith said, she said something about his phone, and he said, yeah, I have the 9, she just took that to me. She goes, I have the same one. And I'm looking at both of them. They do not have the same phone. One is an iPhone, one is an Android. They are physically showing each other the phones <laughs> side by side and like pointing things out. And I'm just sitting here in absolute disbelief. <laughs> and pointing out that in this moment, I realized that to the average user, the smartphone of choice just does not matter. They're so similar at this point. It just doesn't matter. Well, I may have been wrong in that moment because <clears throat> my mother, who, by the way, she is sort of my uh, one second. She is my case for why I believe that most normal people that aren't using things for work or gaming, or whatever else, just general like computing, web browsing, etc., could switch to Linux because she used Linux from 2007 to 2017 without me doing any form of intervention at all. And it was all perfectly fine. And my mother, which you will see in this story, is incapable of working technology. The reason why I even switched her to Linux was because I was sick of reinstalling Windows XP at the time. And I gave her an old laptop, which then lasted for you know, 12 years total, 10 years for her. And <clears throat> so what's interesting is, is my mother has used Linux she then moved once that physical hardware died stepdad bought her a laptop it was a windows laptop she just for whatever reason she just you got your mother technology. physical linux yeah physical linux i bought her a book <clears throat> and uh whenever 
whenever she got a new laptop, she destroyed it because that's what she she does. She just destroys technology. So then I got her a Chromebook. Shotgun. She never had a problem. Stomping, like what? Like she perfect. She used. I mean, honestly, there is physical damage to these these notebooks. So I don't know <laughs> what she's doing with them. I think she gets mad and throws. Oh them, my gosh! Which actually you is should... part of the story here. Uh, oh. so, <laughs> so she's someone who went from Linux to Windows. She is now on Chrome OS. All of these transitions, no problem. I mean, she doesn't ask questions, but she doesn't do anything. She just uses a web browser. Like that's what she uses. So it just doesn't matter. And uh, so lo and behold, so my my family, most of the people in my family for a long time have had Android phones. And slowly over time, they have uh, like my dad and my stepmom moved to iPhones. Uh, my my mom and my stepdad have now also moved to iPhones. So my mom got an iPhone, as she described to me, <laughs> nine days ago. So for nine days, my mom has been just, you know, I guess learning her new device. And they were driving <laughs> to my nephew's uh, baseball game yesterday or the day before. And my mom went into a complete and utter panic attack over trying to use the phone. She was screaming <laughs> at my stepdad. She was throwing the phone on the ground. She was so mad she couldn't figure out how to work it. And, and then so she was like, I'm rolling the window down and I'm throwing this damn thing out of the window. And so my stepdad locked the windows so oh he rolled down. <laughs> and she got more mad at him and she, she was like i hate this i don't know why you made me move to this i thought this was supposed to be easy i mean she was mad and then she started crying and i asked my mom i was like mom what were you trying to do on the phone and she just looked at me and she goes i don't know like she, <laughs> oh <my laughs> she couldn't even tell me what she was trying to do on the phone so it just awesome. so Probably i have two epiphanies just back one screen <laughs> yeah, probably. I've had two epiphanies here. I've had one. It's like I've seen two people who use, you know, technology, one with an Android phone, one with an iPhone, literally have a conversation for half an hour and not realize they were talking about different devices. Makes me realize they're so incredibly different devices, similar. but do different ecosystems, different. I mean, everything. Yeah, everything. But, I mean, it, it, but that's the thing is that it shows how similar they can be. But it also shows because well, it's you a rectangle can, that's well, roughly the same weight. <laughs> If I gave you our phone side by side, you'd be surprised how similar they are. Okay. And so <clears throat> whenever I think about that, I also realize that when you get used to something, it doesn't matter how quote unquote simple something supposedly no. is. When you have to learn it and you have to unlearn what you've done previously, I've said this about UI forever. U UX design is incredibly important, but yeah. if you have to unlearn one habit to learn another and you are not technically inclined, an iPhone is not easy. Just like no. if someone's using an iPhone and they move to well, whatever uh, Android I, device, it is I wouldn't not going to be an easy move for them. I wouldn't even generalize that to people who are, are not technically inclined. Like I don't use Mac OS or iOS often at all, but I have to help my, usually my in-laws occasionally troubleshoot stuff. And I am so used to Windows and command line stuff if I'm using some Linux system because I do most of Linux stuff headless, right? Well, that finding that setting or that thing instead of just being a keyboard shortcut is always a pain in the butt. So I get there, but it's not fast and it's not fun. Sure. It's like, okay, I have to, I have to hit eight buttons 
to get to where I can do the settings the way I want to do it. And then I have to go to Finder, which is awesome. I'm, it's, it's never as clean and fast as it is on a system you're used to. And, and you're also trying to change a setting. My mom sure. has never changed a setting <laughs> in her life. The, <laughs> the only thing that she's ever done, and this is true of, I think, Americans in general. I mean, look at, we talk about iMessage. We were talking about the other day. No one yeah. changes their default applications on any phone. No, no, like normal person changes default applications, at least not in America. So it's like default is hey, king. My mom, the only setting she's ever done, and I remember this because I was, uh, it was another point about Linux that I was, some people always talk about printers, like printers don't work with Linux for some reason. My mom called me one day and was like, hey, can I use a printer with this? It's like the only question she ever asked me with Linux. So I was like, yeah, why don't you just see if you can add it? And she was like, I don't know how to do that. We'll just try she looked around, she saw a button that said printers, she clicked on it, she clicked on the add button, and then she just added her printer to it. Like, very difficult, right? That's the only setting. I don't, my mom I don't like how done. easy you made that sound. That's yeah, all it was. Print, using the printers word printer. aren't easy. Yeah, print, yeah. No, printers are the worst like thing I don't believe in you. the world, but that's how it happened. <laughs> I saw somebody acting out how a computer was talking to a printer once, and uh, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen, where, like, the lady is pretending to be the computer and she's pretending to be the printer and the printer is like, I'm right here. And she's like, I can't see you. I don't know. It's, it's, is it, is, it, it is that the same like TikTok actress or YouTube, whatever that did the, um, I have no idea who it was. Oh, uh, what's the, there was one that, that went crazy. I don't know, a couple months ago now. And it was, it was about, um, what, oh, it was captcha. Is it the same same girl that did that or same lady that did that? You remember the capture one? Uh, it's oh like, yeah, I do remember the capture one. Click all the one. ones no. that have that have a sidewalk and you missed that tiny little corner. Yeah. No, it was a <laughs> different person. Back, that was great. It was a different person, but I don't know the, Okay. I don't know those comedians. I'd call them comedians, I guess, but uh, Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. It was a video on uh, somebody. I think it was maybe on TikTok or something, but it was posted to Twitter and that's where I saw it. All right, cool. What else we got here? Actually, Russ, how about you say something nice about your mama real quick, just to kind of close out that segment? Just tell you, uh, love her. She's you know? beautiful and funny, and she takes care of my daughter every day, and we all love her very much. There but you go. Silly. All right. All right. Spread that love. Okay. What else we got? We got Elon Musk saying a ton of people are going to die. Um, oh, yeah. I saw cuts. that. I didn't get Tesla to read it. It's coming up. <laughs> That's oh, it, man. People going to die. That's we'll all stop. It was. So this wasn't a threat, is, though. What is going on with him? Was no, it? he's just saying he's talking about. <laughs> no, he's talking about. I guess I don't know. I guess he was getting interviewed, uh, and he's talking about how uh, likely a lot of people will die with us yeah. trying to get to Mars. We've talked and, about that. You know, there's it's a you're very unlikely if you're an early. Uh, martian or attempted yeah. martian that you're going to to walk away from it well and this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone right if you're an explorer in uncharted lands anywhere on the planet also, or in the ocean space or in is space, hard yeah space is hard <laughs> the bottom of the ocean is hard um you know maybe not as hard as or maybe harder than you know yeah traversing a jungle for the first time which is still very dangerous but he's quoted as saying you might die it's going to be uncomfortable and probably won't have any good food <laughs> good food i'm sorry It'll be an arduous. I feel like they can figure the food thing out. <laughs> yeah, it'll be an arduous and dangerous journey uh, where you may not come back alive. Honestly, a bunch of people will probably die in the beginning. Uh, he added, but insisted it would also be a glorious adventure and it will be an amazing experience. So he glorious. said, "It's quote not for everyone, volunteers only." 
Yeah. For Hall Tears only. That's and now he's going to be on this. SNL. So, you know those signs that you see that say, like, no um, canoeing so, so. inside of the casino or whatever and you say to yourself you're like why is there a sign that says no canoeing inside of the casino <laughs> because some idiot grabbed a canoe and nope. rode it down the stairs in a casino somewhere people are crazy the things that you don't right. think need to be said they need to be said yeah it's just yeah. so if you're raising you know, your hand to signs go to Mars, like that though i i, I feel like I wouldn't necessarily have walked in and immediately thought, you know what I want to do? I want to take that canoe off of that display and ride it down those stairs. But when I see a sign that says no canoeing in a casino, I start looking for canoes. Because I'm like, where is it? Why did this? How did this happen? Well, then maybe he's (laughs) looking for volunteers. And that's why he's putting this out there. There you go. Uh, And uh, uh, I believe Tesla's earnings come out today. So it'll be interesting to see that. And I bet they're going to be good. I don't think he cares. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> have you, uh, gosh, um, Jeff Bezos, have you heard him talk about when people uh, congratulate him on earnings calls? No. Have you heard him talk about this? So he, he will talk about the job of a CEO and he says, yeah, I, that's great. I was planning this quarter three years ago. So uh, thank you I'm for the over congratulations. It. But yeah, I'm now, I'm now thinking about things three years out and we just did our job and, and we hit, hit our number. So it's no surprise to me. It was kind of interesting. That's funny. That's cool. Yeah. All I right. Actually, what else? I actually have read that. Um, Twitch banned 7.5 million bots, um, which is uh, which is a good thing. So <clears throat> this you is lose a, half your audience. Uh, no, I lost all of my audience. In fact, now I have negative viewers. So I guess it's just me watching myself at this point. The uh, the bots problem is is real big, especially in China uh, with Chinese streams or games that are very oh, yeah. popular with uh, the Chinese community is that they get millions and millions of bots. In fact, people <clears throat> joke all the time about League of Legends or like, uh, well, how many bots, you know, are uh, are part of the whatever 150 million people that watch it every minute or whatever it might be. And why do, why do they, they, do they actually why is do they do that? Get- just to draw more people to watch it to then advertise like i don't, I don't know just to show yeah, it's popular i think i think that's it i think a lot of the algorithms for getting stuff put higher on the search list or, or showing up and trending have to do with how quickly people start to like or view them so bot accounts make it easy to astroturf and and farm out the early you know accelerations yeah, yeah but then it I seems think- like if it's not good content people aren't even going to stay regardless but it doesn't matter. It, the exposure. It, if it more, starts more to trend, you okay. end up with millions of people clicking it and saying, "Wow, this is terrible!" But they all already saw it, or their eyeballs were on it for a little bit. Maybe they get uh, a little see. ad revenue. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they just get an account that appears to have produced content that got viewed millions of times, which is implied high quality, and then they can go sell it for something else. I mean, there's I think there's a, there's a huge business around every side of that equation, right? creating the bot farms, generating content, whether it's good or not, it's just you're getting lots of content out, getting tons of eyeballs on it. Uh, and if you use fake yeah. ones to get real ones, it doesn't matter. It it's, just feels uh, like a, a heavy lift with maybe you should just focus on creating great content. And then it'll, it's, it's really it's really not a heavy lift to do bots. You can do bots okay, as yeah. a service these days. Right. Um, 
especially especially out of China. I mean, you have to realize that there's a lot of people out there who who probably make really great content that just never get discovered for one reason or another. You can imagine that if you did have a decent piece of content and then you had, you know, a million bots watching you, even if those million bots got banned, you would pop up somewhere else and maybe another sure. 100,000 people would see you and they'd be like, man, I'm going to stick with this thing. But I think that the there's a couple sides to this. One is the bots are for the individual accounts, which is kind of what we're talking about now. But one thing I don't think a lot of people recognize is the competition against Twitch. And so mm. when you see total streaming numbers for, say, an event, it's not usually just Twitch. When I say not usually, I mean it's never just Twitch, unless <laughs> Twitch has some form of exclusivity agreement. Uh, and in that case, there's hundreds of streaming services and definitely used regionally in different ways. And so some of these streaming services may be trying to view bot a really, really big event in order to get people to realize, hey, there's this other place that's just as big as Twitch. Maybe I should go check them out. And then it's, you know, it's not actually just as big as Twitch. So it's not just on the individual <laughs> nice. account side, but even, even on the streaming service side of things, whereas Twitch does a, a decent job of, of, of banning these bots just in general. I, I don't know if I've seen them do like the massive ban wave like this before. I'm sure they have, and I just haven't seen it. But uh, mm. that's, a, that's a pretty significant amount. Yeah. Twitter did that a few years ago where they cut, a, I don't know what the numbers were, but they cut a massive amount of, uh, of people off the platform. They've done it in smaller waves since then. But like, for example, um, I think Michael Dell had like 1.1 million followers. And then right after that, he had like 675,000. I've had bots follow me quite a bit. They're probably just pretty prevalent in the gaming space. And I get a decent yeah. amount of people there. But I've had, I don't know, somewhere in the mid 3000s. And then uh, not necessarily overnight, but just over time, like quite a bit sort of just dropped off. And it's a lot of like... If you check and see the random accounts that follow you, you can sometimes see when it's a bot because it's like, yeah. a, you know, it's like yeah, an it's anime picture content. and nothing there, you know, it's, yeah. I think it happens in waves too, man. I've noticed it like probably every, maybe every month or every other month, I'll suddenly over maybe a two or three day period, and I'm talking about Twitter at this point, get a jump in like maybe 50 followers and it's all a bunch of people that are like, they, they each have like three followers themselves. Right. But, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's really Which strange. Which are the other bots? Yeah, it's got to be. It has to be bots, right? And then it's just, it's it's dead silent, right? And, uh, you know, pick up like one every other day or something like that. And it's a normal human being. And then another month later, boom, like 50. I, I mean, it's this weird cycle. Yeah. It happens all at once. It's strange. So what else we got? Oh, man. Man, I saw. Um, we could talk about India. We could talk about Apple. Oh, yeah. India. And uh, you talking about the... Um... No, I'm not talking about of content. Well, yeah, I mean, or, or, I guess it's COVID uh, related, but it was yeah, yeah, it was just instructing. They, they, yeah, yeah, they they made instructions or made requests of uh, basically anything critical of their uh, government's response to COVID. But it yeah, was, Facebook, yeah, I, Instagram, I, I'm Twitter, with you, like just keyed in on down. the right. They all complied. I I did read one interesting article about that because you you hear. Um, you hear the same things about China often in U.S. media, at least, mm -hmm. and it talks about how China asked Google to take this thing down, as an example. And um, oftentimes, you know, the the Googles of the world will actually stand up to China. Sometimes they don't, you know, and that shows up in the news quite a bit too. 
Um, what was really neat? Google operates in China anymore. That's the, the problem. Yeah. But, but that's the whole point. Like when when certain things like that happen, the companies that are willing to stand up and say, "No, we're doing all the right things," is basically just a, you know, like a a, a white knight flag waving advertising campaign to get goodwill from their actual customers, which have nothing to do with China. Whereas India is everyone's biggest customer with 1.3 billion people and some of the least expensive access to mobile internet. So when India asks Facebook to do something, India is asking with a massive amount of revenue generating eyeballs. So they tend to comply. Sure. I, it's funny, the uh, the China thing, I was, uh, I guess it was an argument. I'm not real sure. The um, uh, A guy who works at SHI, he was pinging me about he was watching something probably with google or gcp or something he was like i guess they'd mentioned how they don't share data with china mm-hmm. and he goes how how in the world can they say they don't share data with china they share data with everyone and he's he's a big privacy person he, he hates google and um I, I i think i antagonized him a little bit and i was like i think you gotta no. worry a little no, bit about your precious so. apple who who operates a lot more in china <laughs> and he goes no way google's way worse and i was like you rec- you realize that google is they don't operate in China. Not in, not in China. Google yeah. China. And he goes, he was like, oh, that's just not true. Watch this. And then like 30 minutes later, he comes back. He's like, Damn. yeah, there's nothing. They're, they don't <laughs> operate there. He was so disappointed whenever he found that out. And it's like not advocating for Google. They're not a privacy, you know, defender by any means, but just pointing out that this this I think their comment may have actually been true. It just also may have not mattered, being that they yeah. aren't there. So right. it's just so funny the me- perceptions people have. Let me drift back to this because I'm curious what y'all's first reactions were. And let me share this piece. But um, so the order was, this is back at at India and the posts. The order was aimed at roughly 100 posts that included critiques from opposition uh, politicians and calls uh, for India's prime minister to resign. The government said that the posts could incite panic, used images out of context and could hinder its response to the pandemic. Uh, the companies complied with the request for now, in part by making those posts invisible to those using the sites inside India. In mm. the past, companies have reposted some content after determining that it didn't break the law. Should it? A couple of things on that, but my first reaction was: anytime a government is going to make a request like this, it's always going to hit the news, and it's always going to cause a thousand eyeballs to look with great it's critique. Called the Streisand as, effect. As okay. Thank you. The, yeah, I figured it's got, probably it's got a name. It. Yeah, it's yeah. called the Streisand effect. And and I forget what the origins are, but I, I guarantee it has to do with uh, Barbara Streisand. And um, it has it, it's the effect of by asking someone to hide it or try to take it down or to keep it off the radar, it yeah. ends up accelerating views and people's you know interaction with it. And I didn't so, know it had yeah, a name. It, yep. Google it. Yeah. Or sorry, uh, Yahoo it. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, oh, there it is. Yeah, it did. So the original image of Barbara Streisand's residence in Malibu, which she attempted to suppress in 2003. So obviously then attempts to suppress information are often made through mm-hmm. like cease and desist letters. But instead of being suppressed, the information receives extensive publicity as well right. as media extensions, such as videos and spoof songs, which can be mirrored on the internet. <laughs> then you become a meme, and yep. then you have an effect named after you. <laughs> right. right. That's how severe this and is. And not I mean, a fun I, one. Yeah, it kind of hit her right? hard. <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the immediate thing you think of whenever you someone is asked to take something down, and, and this, is, this is probably not always true, but the immediate thought is, 
Well, if you're asking them to take it down, then whatever they're saying is true. And you yeah, what are you trying yeah. to hide? Yeah, yeah. That's Which is a total logical right. fallacy, but but it is how our brains work. Also, Did you say tautological hey. fallacy, man. I'm learning so much from you. <laughs> <laughs> I said total, but tautological might actually be accurate. I forget what that word means. Um, no, the uh, I, I also think. Again, definitely from a U.S. perspective, we tend to distrust tautological. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that's why I said total. I did. I did not say whatever you were. Anyways, um, uh, I, we we tend to distrust governments taking information away. Some of that is just like the the democratics or you know democratic nation sort of standpoint. Which I think it's history of information. I think well, if you look anywhere in history, governments try to remove it. Yeah, you, you can't pretend like there isn't a little bit of you know like brainwashing that goes into that right yeah, like if a government is trying to suppress any information it is probably because they are evil that is basically how we are programmed yeah and so as soon as a government in particular tries to say hey stop talking about that we're going to say why why do you want us to stop talking about it? what have you done <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly <sighs> so yeah that's that's rough too that's because hilarious. i'm sure there there are actually some good reasons to try and keep certain information in situations like that from becoming mainstream, whether it's uh, it, it gets conflated into a reason to fear trying to go get a vaccination in India. And I don't know enough about what was actually going on there or specifically what they were trying to hide. But when we see news articles or when I do, I know that my head goes to, oh, well, you're just trying to cover up your ineptitude. Right. And and that shouldn't be hidden. <laughs> So let me give you a little bit more history on this because this is hilarious. Uh, so Barbara Streisand, the whole 2003 thing, it wasn't called the Streisand effect yet. Well, of course not. Fast forward, 2005, <laughs> there is there was an issue. So this all came from a guy named Mike Masnick from Tech Dirt. He coined the term in 2005 in relation to a holiday resort <laughs> issuing a takedown notice to urinal.net, a site dedicated to photographs of urinals. <laughs> Over the use of the resort's name. Yes. So then he writes, how long is it going to take before lawyers realize that the simple act of trying to repress something they don't like online is likely going to make it so that something that most people would never, ever see, like yeah. a photo of a urinal in some random beach resort, is now seen by many more people? Let's call it the Streisand effect. That's and then great. alluding to the whole thing. That's awesome. I feel like, like, do they get a trophy? I feel like somebody that comes up with that, that name, if it sticks, like they, they deserve an award. And not just like a, a Wikipedia article, like yeah. a physical. There's so many examples on a shelf it. somewhere. There's so many examples. Go yeah. to go to yeah. Streisand effect on Wikipedia. There are so many examples of it. Get your get your crap together, Academy. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, wait, so you're telling me that humans put our feet in our mouth with regularity all no. the time? <laughs> all the time. Uh, so speaking um, of Oscars, uh, I've t- I actually have two things. One of which is cool. The other is just kind of funny, um, related to film in general. So. Apparently, I didn't see this, and, I, and ironically, I was actually playing this game yesterday. So I think I've talked about, at least to some degree, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond, which is a, a VR version of Medal of Honor. It released, I don't know, a few months ago. Now that I can play VR from my PC wirelessly, uh, I'm kind of back in playing it again. So I was playing yesterday, and apparently, it ended up winning an award at the Oscars. Cool. So the video game industry won its first Oscar with a documentary short called Colette or Colette. And uh, 
the it's so I actually have not seen this because I guess I haven't gotten to the point in the game wherever this takes place. But apparently within the game, there is a documentary short uh, over this resistance take that took place during World War Two, which is actually ironically what that's what you're playing in the game. You're part of this resistance in World War Two in France. And so the, it's interesting. They won an Academy Award for a short done that's inside incredible. of the video game. So that's the, awesome. Congrats to the respawn team and the people who who ended up making that. So that was uh that's pretty cool news to see. Hey, I, I think, didn't even know that that would necessarily qualify, but I guess any my, form of film qualifies. That's cool. Yeah, it, well one yeah, I mean that is cool uh, it, uh by its own merits. That's really awesome, but I think it's really fun to when video game culture bleeds into other areas because congrats respawn team is just hilarious when you're talking about academy <laughs> awards in my opinion that's just and, and someone probably had to go up there and say congrats to ea and the respawn entertainment right. <laughs> exactly but i'm waiting for like the zombie apocalypse brethren or something like that and it's like ugh. <laughs> oh there's some there's some like awful studio names out there right. that no one no one needs to be saying at an academy award show dude that game sure. 170 gigs because uh-huh. of all these, Jeez. because of the uh, inclusion of extensive historical and documentary footage, that's nuts. You can yeah, watch it if y'all are interested in seeing. Yeah, so 170 gigs is pretty big, though, right? It is. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of games have gotten to like. I think we're seeing a lot of hundred gig games now, especially the yeah. big battle royale games. Uh, this is why I have you know five terabytes of flash and another sure. 12 terabytes of hard drive in my desktop so I, so i don't worry <laughs> about these things as much but i i do think for a lot of people like 170 gig game is like you know 20 percent of their available space so if you have mm-hmm. a bunch of games installed that one will hurt for sure yep yeah, if y'all uh, if y'all want to see this video that that won the oscar or won an oscar excuse me is that how you say it best documentary short subject uh, it's on YouTube. We'll just tweet it out from the um, the show's Twitter account. Yeah, twenty four minutes. Cool. Um, how long? Twenty four. Twenty four. Okay, pretty solid. Uh, the other one is the funny one, <laughs> which is I I haven't read the article and I don't know that I will. But the a woman was charged with a felony for a twenty one year old unreturned Sabrina the Teenage Witch VHS. Oh, what? I saw oh that gosh. title, but I didn't know, what? A, that that was the film. That's hilarious. And and B, wait, what? Yeah, like, so where's she supposed to return this to now? This makes oh me feel gosh. like the episode of uh, Big Bang Theory where Sheldon was teaching Leonard a lesson saying that he needed to return some DVD and that DVD rental place had gone out of business. But in reality, Sheldon had returned it eight years previous he was just waiting for the moment to teach Leonard a lesson. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is uh, this is pretty ridiculous. So apparently, it is a Texas resident who used to live in Oklahoma and rented this VHS in Oklahoma, and uh, yeah, is charged with a felony for uh, I'm assuming theft. I don't know. What? That's oh, that wow, wow, why? Okay, so That's I was insane. I was sending out the tweet on that video and all that kind of stuff. I'm not sure I caught all that. So somebody rented this 21 years ago and now they're being charged with a felony is that what you said that's what i'm gathering surely like how how? please throw that out just i mean i hope it gets thrown out but yeah so let's let's i'll pull it here it said um there was a uh, Karen McBride, this is the woman's name was given a case number and the number for an oklahoma courthouse 
uh, I guess whenever she was contacted, uh, she was con- she was contacting the Texas DMV to make an appointment for something she needed to do at the DMV. And at that time, she was given this case number and a number for an Oklahoma courthouse. She later learned that she had been charged with a felony. Wow. Um, and she said she she called the lady and looked up the reference number, and they told her that it was felony embezzlement. What? What? Yep. And she said she thought she was going to have a heart attack. Once the court realized that the felony charge was over an unreturned VHS tape from over 20 years ago, they dropped the charges. Thank goodness. (laughs) Okay. Faith restored in humanity. How did that even happen? That's ridiculous. Absolutely insane. That's I'm super glad that you rounded that one out because that was going to give me like heartburn all day. Anyways, I'm going (laughs) to drop one thing and then and then I got to shut it down. But um, so there was an interesting article. Apparently, MIT developed an artificial intelligence that is now capable of determining material properties from images. And so that's pretty cool. What It is really cool. And, uh, you know, it didn't get into a ton of detail. No, yes, basically. No, not at all. Um, it, instead of what, what's fascinating about this to me, um, that funny. because of some background, uh, you know, from aerospace, right, is that when when you take complex systems and you try to determine, you know, basically failure points from a stress perspective, it usually takes a tremendous amount of compute power is, is how we tend to do it now. It's called finite element analysis, and it basically takes large assemblies and breaks them down into tiny little pieces where you can imagine if you have this, you know, in the simplest form, if you've got this complex geometry, say it's like an S-curve or something like that, and you want to determine where it would break, the math for a straight beam is pretty easy. The math for complex stuff gets wildly more complex very fast. So what we do in analysis is break it down into tiny little chunks, and we treat the tiny little chunks like beams. And then you extrapolate that across the complex geometry. And then the aggregate tells you where you have stress concentration factors and stuff like that. And it takes a lot of other stuff into account, but it's super, uh, it it is very um, resource intensive. So what they did with this MIT AI developed by a GAN, go figure. So a generative adversarial network, um, it is able to look at something like a broken plate and reconstruct the material properties based on how it fractured effectively. And so it can do all of this stuff, but because of the nature of a well-trained AI, it can do so with low, low compute because the training of the AI takes a ton of compute. A trained AI can run on your laptop. This is why everybody can do deep fakes on their phones because the AI... All of the hard stuff is done. It can just take an input and an output at this point. I say all the hard stuff. I'm sure there's a lot more to it. But anyways, it's it's fascinating that it's able to do this. And they're, they're basically saying that it's surprisingly accurate or, or particularly accurate, which is just incredible to me. That's awesome. It, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just reminds me that AI is going to be important everywhere. everywhere. I want to see if I can <laughs> quantify that real quick. Are you saying that basically you would take whatever it is, whatever the object is, and physically break it. And then it would reconstruct it in reverse to figure out where and like what the pressure it was, was like up. what the points was. Like that's that's sort of how I heard that just then. Well, it, because it looks like that's how they were doing it in certain places, but that's where the article didn't get into enough detail. It, they did say, yes, that's part of it. I believe so implying that you could just take a picture of a material that one makes less sense to me. If it's not deformed somehow, then I don't know how it makes it, but I didn't write the AI either. So, um, 
anyways, yeah, yeah, I think I think it can reconstruct it, but that'll that'll be particularly quickly useful, I think, for um, stuff like reconstructing accidents. You know what what happened that caused the the jet to fall out of the sky, sort of stuff will probably be a little bit more. Um, I don't know quicker to discovery. I'm always impressed with that forensics, but um, I, I don't know if it, if it works the other way, right? Like here's a plate AI, tell me where it's going to break and it works. That's insane. That's pretty cool. That is cool. When you were talking about the stress of a, a complex design or structure or whatever, and you break it down to just little tiny beams, it reminded me of uh, how we got closer and closer to proving pie before we were able to actually do it um, the right way. If I can say it that way, but basically taking, instead of mathematically. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Instead of uh, trying to trying to do something with like eight sides and then 16 sides and 32 sides and 127,000 sides, right? <laughs> Figuring out how to actually do it as a circle. That's interesting. Very cool. That's, that's all right. Neat news. Anyways, I'm sure there's lots of other stuff out there. I got to go though. So I'm going to shut it down. So that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. We hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for supporting us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great week. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Later. Adios. Bye-bye. Muchachos. Ciao. Booyah, Grandma.